This is episode 93 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 93 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I have another special episode, and this one features Dan Perrow. He is a real estate investor out of the Hamilton area, but he's also got investments down in the Thorold area. He's invested in Toronto. He's got a very diverse experience and a very diverse approach to real estate investing. So in this episode, we talk about several of Dan's duplex conversions. We talk about a project that he's got in Toronto where he's actually looking to create a laneway house. And we also talk about some of his student rentals. And uh, one of the most interesting things we covered was a single family home in the core of Hamilton that he's converted into a triplex successfully. So he didn't have to pay development charges. He was leveraging something that the city actually wanted. So he talks about how he worked with the city to find out what they wanted. And he put together a profitable and cash flowing plan. And it was a really interesting case study for this episode. Uh, We haven't had a lot of that. We've had a lot of single unit to duplex, but not a lot of single unit to triplex, especially when you don't have to pay that pesky $40,000, $50,000 development charge to the city for every single unit that you're adding. So this was definitely interesting. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. As always, I suggest that you do go back to episode one if you're new to this podcast. We really break down the nuts and bolts in the early episodes, especially the first 20 episodes. And not to mention, there's been some incredible guests that have been on this podcast all the way through. It started back in February of 2019, so everything is still very, very relevant to today's market. These strategies still do apply, and they still will be valuable lessons for you. So I strongly encourage that you do go back. And one more ask is that if you're enjoying this content, please spread it far and wide. Please share it with people you think it could help. And please leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It'll just help more people to find this. If you're watching on YouTube, give it the thumbs up, subscribe, make sure you got notifications turned on. And thank you so much. Please enjoy episode 93 with Dan Perro. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Dan Perro on the show and maybe people haven't heard that name, but Dan's got a really cool story and he's a pretty aggressive real estate investor. So thanks for being here, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So Dan works in the building, so it was a little easier to get him. <laughs> but uh, this is going to be this is going to be fun. So Dan, I actually don't know that much about your story. I don't know specifically what you're invested in. I know right. I, I, you've, you've mentioned a few things couple and it things. sounds interesting. A couple things. Yeah. So, so tell so me more. Tell us about yourself. Where do you start? You know, um, real estate investing wise started back in 08, uh, believe it or not. So uh, You've quite, been at it for a few quite years. Quite a while ago, but but really actually started quite slowly, unfortunately for me, um, getting into it. Um, so back it up even further, I you know went to McMaster, did my undergrad and MBA there, came out, joined an investment management shop in Toronto, um, was really sort of career focused, but always sort of had the real estate thing in the back of my mind, um, like you know entrepreneurs often do, and having lived in student houses thought i can do that so the right? mcmaster scene the you McMa- saw it, yeah. exactly right so right on king street there and um was, was where i was so that was sort of the the objective was you know as soon as i could start getting into uh student rentals so so i did um i started working in 2007 uh started my career and then bought my first property in 08 in guelph actually okay interestingly so student enough, rental there Student rental, yeah, yeah. Student rental there. Um, it was actually my, um, well, my current wife um, at the time, girlfriend. Her 
sister was going to Guelph and was sort of a, she was graduating first year and thought, you know, well, this is an easy way to kind of jump into it. And uh, so I purchased a property and her and her friends uh, moved in. Um, so I bought that one in 08 and didn't, you know, was, you know, it was good. It, it, my strategy back then was actually quite different. I would say quite a bit different than my strategy today. It was more of a, you know, I wasn't looking for tremendous cash flow. It was more of a just, you know, buy it, it carries itself, pay down the mortgage aggressively. Um, so accelerated payments. Like, pay down the mortgage. Exactly. I know, right? <laughs> so that, that was, honestly, that was the strategy back then. Um, and that's how we started, right? So it was, it was great. It was a, it was a five bedroom. So not tremendous cash flow, but again, did, did okay. It was right close to the university. She was there a few years, and and um, so I kept that one. The second one I, I purchased a, again another student rental in 2010, um, and it wasn't till 2014 that I purchased my third student rental, both in Thorold actually. So for Brock Thorold, students. okay. So changed gears a bit. I'm actually from Niagara uh, myself, so I know that area very well. It's a good cash flow down there, or at least there traditionally has been. Yeah. Things yeah. are changing. Things are changing. It's more competitive, obviously. Um, Are you still in Thorold with the student rentals? I am. I am. And they got so, the, those harsh student rental licenses now. Yeah, 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 yeah. They came out. They came in hot and heavy with that, and you know, made everybody do the licensing. And it, you know, I didn't have illegal bedrooms or anything like that, so it was relatively easy for me to to get through the process. It was a bit onerous. You know, getting the electrician in there and, you know, signing the paperwork, paying the $500 fee or whatever. Is it just 500 once or every year? It's every two years, I believe. So 500 every two years? Correct. And what do you got to do to get that in Thorold? Because I, I know people were flocking away. Like guys were like, just say, okay, right. I'm selling. Forget about it. Right. So, yeah. So you have, um, you know, there's a ton of paperwork that you got to fill out. You got to send them a floor plan. You got to show them the parking, where all the bedrooms are, the windows, all the measurements. They have somebody come in, look at all the bedrooms. Um, you know, I had to have an electrician go through and vet all the electrical, basically do an inspection there and then the fee. So it wasn't, you know, it was, it was a pain in the butt, took a bit of time, but it wasn't incredibly costly or onerous. I know it did, you know, a lot of people ran, ran away, I guess, but again, I didn't have any illegal bedrooms, right? All the basement bedrooms that I had proper egress and, and all that. And that's traditionally... The way that I operate, um, all of my properties. Well, you want to have, yeah, you want to have good stuff. Like I, I don't mind having an extra bedroom when yeah. they say you can only have three and you got four. Well, yeah, four. I mean, exactly. Rock on. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, exactly. So I mean, you know, the egress piece was was the biggest one because they they did come they did come around. Everything was super delayed, so they had, you know, pretty aggressive timelines. But it ultimately took them a long time to come knocking to do the final inspection. And when they did, it was, you know, it was a bit of a pain in the butt. They, you know, came around and they were telling me things like, you know, the fence around the property, there were some boards missing and stuff that you had to, I had to fix and stuff. And I'm like, okay. You know, what does that do? Exactly. Right. So it had nothing to do with the, the interior, um, little things like that. So yeah, so the properties there have been good. They're convenient. They're right across the street from one another. So you're managing those? So I am. I self-manage everything, actually, believe it or not. Okay. Um, so you got Guelph and, and so, Welland so far? Right. Or so Thorold, that was, sorry, Guelph and Thorold. Guelph and Thorold, yeah. So that was, that was 08, 2010, 2014. Um, and then, you know, again, throughout this whole period, I wasn't, wasn't super focused on real estate. 
uh, believe it or not, was more career focused, uh, building my career in Toronto and you know, went through, got my CFA, became a portfolio manager, was really kind of focused on that. And, and the real estate was really kind of a side thing, wasn't involved in the community uh, up until about 2016, kind of just watching from the sidelines. And then 2016, um, joined the, like the Halton REI, so Irwin's group there. Oh, okay. So you're doing prior the Iwin thing? Or? It was prior, oh, prior. prior to okay. Iwin. Um, and, you know, started meeting folks in, in the industry and listening to how other people are, were doing it, right? Different strategies. And pardon me. Um, it was actually, you know, I hadn't, at this point, it was, you know, the three student rentals hadn't gotten into the duplexes or gone that route yet. That was starting to become, you know, a little more popular at the time to, um, you know, as prices were rising, that sort of thing. And I hadn't pulled any equity out. I hadn't, I hadn't refied. I hadn't done anything uh, with any properties. Okay. So that kind of opened my eyes, right? Like, I, again, I was up to that point. The strategy was more to pay things down. You know, they cover themselves. You make a few bucks. You know, which is still a great wealth strategy. I mean, a lot of people, if they just did that, they would actually, they would actually retire wealthy. Exactly. Right. So that was, that was the goal and it was, it was going to be additive. So 2016 started thinking a little bit more aggressively about the strategies and thinking about, you know, what, you know, trying to reach out to people and see what others were doing. And, and sort of, it was actually Quentin D'Souza um, at one of the, the meetings that kind of opened my eyes. The Durham and, REI or was it? Did it he was come at this Alton, REI. Yeah. He came down to speak and was going through his most recent duplex um, and, you know, the Burr strategy and, and all that and the numbers. And it just sort of, you know, woke me up a little bit, I guess. Right. So after that, um, started looking at pulling out some of the equity in, in existing properties, bought a place in Niagara, duplexed it in 2015. And, um, and then... Like uh, in Niagara Falls proper? No, sorry, in Font Hill. I don't know if you know. Font Hill. Font Hill. Whereabouts is in that? Pelham, next to Welland. So it's, next to Welland? Yeah, okay. right next to Welland there. Um, and continued on you know, with, with the group. And then in 2017, early 18, decided to actually sell the Guelph property. Um, yeah. So what was the, the reason? Just like, it's kind of isolated, right? Exactly. The location. And I, I was in like Toronto. At yeah. the, you know, I was in Toronto at the time. I had, you know, Toronto, Guelph, Thorold. I was often Yeah, you're all in, over the place. I was all yeah. over the place, right? Yeah. And, and again, like I said, the Guelph property was, you know, part of the reason was getting into the market. The sec, you know, the primary sure. was... Get you started. Yeah. Getting me started and, and my wife's sister being there, right? It was just an mm. easy transition. So at that point, I said, you know what? I've done okay here. Um, it's kind of, you know, a pain in the butt uh, to, to come out here all the time. and. And so I decided to sell that property and, and parlay that capital into two duplexes in Hamilton, um, side by side. Okay. So that was that was the most aggressive project that I had undertaken at that time. Did, um, were you converting them? Like you, you bought correct. two single families and then converted exactly. the basements? Exactly. Okay. So it was actually so they weren't so this is actually um not just the basement. So they're two and a half story um closer to downtown so in the stinson st Clair area if you know that area i know where stinson is yeah. yeah yeah so you know um bought bought the two places there side by side uh which was nice so that's that was, pretty cool that you found me. two deals exactly. off market, on market on market okay yeah nice um actually i bought the one and then the other one came up okay you just snapped it up yeah snapped it up. and uh so there was that, that was interesting so i hired 
Andy Tran to, to help me out with the drawings and, and go through that whole process. Um, and it was, it was great because I was actually able to, I mean, there was definitely some efficiencies there, having them side by side. Um, I used the exact same layout, went through the same So they're the same footprint house. Exact like, same. Oh, that's amazing. Identical. So you yeah. just made two side by side houses. I just made side by side houses. That's, through, that's efficiency. I love was, efficiency. It was incredibly efficient. Um, so that was, again, yeah, that was in 2018, actually. Um, I actually bought a house in, in Toronto, which was like, at, at this point we were renting the whole time okay. in Toronto, Makes um, sense. you know, right close to Young and Eglinton worked close by. We decided to actually buy a home, uh, my wife and I to, to live in. And, and I bought that in late 2015. Okay. Um, kind of interesting story there as well, actually. So I, right around this time started, um, researching laneway developments. Um, came across that, just speaking to people, listening to people speak, and, and actually Charles Waugh kind of introduced me to that a little bit. Okay. Um, I reached out to him at the time. I heard him on Sarah Larby's podcast and, and yeah. reached out to him and started picking his brain about laneway developments, mostly in Hamilton at that time was, was what I was looking at. So is that legal now? You can develop a, a laneway house? It, can that be in any house or it has to be only like for a single family home can have a laneway house as well? In Hamilton, you're talking yeah. about? So in Hamilton, good question, actually. I don't know if it's single family only or if you can do semis as well. That's a, that's a good question. What I find, though, is that Hamilton, it's, it's too restrictive. Like it's not, it's, you know, the size, like the requirements that they have are like the footprint is really really small i find like it's, what they'll it's allow just, you to have exactly so that so they say you can have a laneway house but that must be smaller than this footprint or or exactly in total. like it can only be like you know i think it's it works out to under 600 square feet total total five Ugh. yeah so you know which is like when they finally came out with it i spoke to the planner that was leading leading this for at the city level and it sounded great you know they had you know, all of the things that they were looking to do, you know, they were basically following other models around Canada, right? Vancouver, other places that have done it. Um, and it was looking great. Then they finally came out with it and it was like you know, 550 square feet or something like that max. You know, it just, it wasn't, it doesn't, it's not very attractive, right? Compared to, let's say, Toronto. And Toronto is very open to it. Um, well, and density is nothing new in Toronto. So I guess like, it, people are used to living pretty much on top of each other there. Right. So it's like, okay, you want to do this? This is the name of the game exactly. here. I think Hamilton's sort of resisting that a bit. Yeah, they they restricted it to like, you know, a few neighborhoods close to downtown. Right. Right. Like it's not not widespread throughout Hamilton. Hamilton in general uh, is really looking to push the, the density, right? Uh, close to downtown. We can get into that a bit. Yeah. Well, um, I'd like to hear, yeah, because I know you're working on something now. And, and I, yeah, I love, I love the... The interesting new concepts, right? Because we've all heard the same old, same old. So it's, mm -hmm. it's great to hear, mm -hmm. you know, kind of out of the box. Well, hey, there's some special incentives here uh, or there's a special opportunity here. Right. The thing with Hamilton, as I've said before, that I find, you know, if you had to select a market to get into, I mean, outside of the whole cash flow being a unicorn or becoming a unicorn there, there's the issue with their, their zoning is horridly mm -hmm. outdated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So most things from our investor standpoint, I shouldn't say most, but many things will go to committee of adjustment for a minor variance have you had to go through that i did yeah i did because yeah. 
it's like if you need there are certain zones that say you need 25 foot frontage but all the lots are 20 mm-hmm. so nothing conforms exactly. so if you wanted to rebuild a house you have to get a minor variance exactly and there's always one one that you don't meet right and we'll get into that but i i did have to go and it was it was really silly you know the parking i didn't it was you know a foot uh the width of the property was a foot off and the the basement unit was off by 40 square feet you know to meet the zone okay. yeah so it they, was, they want minimum 700 square feet for correct, a basement unit right correct they did they did so when when i i'll backtrack I'll, we'll get we'll get to that actually the the hamilton property that i just did but yeah the you know i i bought it it was an e zoning they've sent, they've since changed it to d5 which is a little bit more relaxed on things certainly the sizing and they're actually looking to relax all of those things even further um, okay which seemed like it was probably coming right i've, I've been of the belief that you know there, there's like 50 percent of the units in hamilton are illegal but Correct. one day yeah <laughs> they'll just legalize them right. i don't know i mean i mean you look at toronto yeah. it's all the same it's the same right like they're all illegal oh no. well if they, as long as it was there before this day grandfather you, exactly. can, you can keep it you know you've got you know basements you know five foot eight like it's just it is i think all cities just have that yeah but I think you're right. Like the, the, the zoning, especially in the downtown, right? With the parking requirements, like it's just not, you just, it's just not achievable. What is the requirement for parking? Is it one per unit? Previously, it was one per unit. Exactly. So downtown, but they'll waive that? changing that. Yes. Um, and it depends which zone that you're in now. If it's, you know, they'll let you get away with, you know, one and a half or like they do. It's weird how they, how they do it, but they're even trying to, do away with it entirely they may even let you get away with zero depending on like case by case right so um the d5 or the downtown zones i should say really kind of opened that up um i'm not sure a lot of people knew that that was kind of coming um well yeah and, and i'm gonna ask you to enlighten us as to what's possible here uh for that so I know you're working on something now and you want to keep telling the story of your yeah. portfolio before we get yeah, to that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll, I'll come, we'll, we'll I'll come back to it. this. Yeah. Um, I actually finished that project so we can get, go right to the, to the end. But so yeah, Toronto, I bought that property. It was, it's unique for the area. It's right. It's, I don't know if, if you know Young and Eglinton area or Davisville and Mount Pleasant is, is right where it is. But um, to me, I was looking at it. It's right on Davisville, close to, close to the corner of Mount Pleasant and Davisville. So I'm, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking long-term potential development opportunity. Uh, it was set up as a duplex, so self-contained one-bedroom apartment, which is unique for the area. Um, traditionally, it's you know single families, young couples, uh, family-type uh, neighborhood. Um, so, but I like that. I wanted that that extra income. And then the other thing is, I knew that they were working on introducing um, the the possibility to create laneway housing okay and this the is the toronto the one the one that exactly. you were buying for your home you got yeah. it yeah. yeah so this is the toronto property so that's long term i want to say that you know th- three to five years out that is my goal is to is to develop that property as well create the laneway i was back there there's some challenges uh it is a semi there's some challenges with the fire like you know toronto's been a bit tricky on the fire um side of things so you know you had to have a one meter um side yard um access um which is tough to meet and they're just saying for fire separation between buildings correct and it has to be on your lot line can't be so can't be on your neighbor's line correct yeah Yeah. one meter so one meter to your lot line correct so two meter total which is pretty wide you know you don't you don't often see that or you had to be 45 meters to the 
entrance or exit of the laneway, which again, not that close, right? So uh, they've since relaxed that. So they've relaxed the, the side yard access. They've also extended it to 90 meters. So I meet, I meet the 90 meter uh, requirement. So I can do it as of right, right now. Okay. Is that um, your next project then? It is. It is. And is this where you live now? So no, actually I moved, you moved okay. I moved um, when I joined uh, Valor, I moved to Stony Creek, Stony Creek Mountain, but I kept the okay. house rented out um, duplex. So up, upper unit rented out, basement unit rented out. And then the laneway, it's actually a, um, the garage is actually a nice cinder block garage. Like, a, you know, it's only about 10 years old. So, uh, in the Toronto property there. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Correct. So the plan is just to, you know, build that up, keep the same footprint. It actually meets the, as of right, uh, footprint almost perfectly, um, just by chance. And do you know, uh, do you know if that, that garage actually had footings dug down four feet below the frost line? That I don't know. That you don't know? <laughs> I, don't I mean, know. not that it really matters. You could technically have a floating slab. So a lot of people will build their garages on a floating slab. So it might be six inches thick, but right. it kind of, the frost will, you know, freeze it and then thaw. Could, yeah. And you yeah, might yeah. actually shift, but it's pretty much unnoticeable. Got it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I've seen, you know, both and not, not that it really matters. I was just curious if you brought yeah. in an engineer yet. I haven't. You haven't I done haven't that not. yet. I haven't gone that far. Yeah. And they may, they may like investigate that at that point in time, right? Dig down a little bit. Okay. Where are you at? But you're not going to add height, right? You're just going to work no, inside the existing. height as well. So, it so be. then they're then going to want to know about your footing and their, or the integrity of the pad. So, so you may end up having to dig down and put the footing, which might affect your profitability. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be ideal. That wouldn't be great. Um, that wouldn't be ideal. <laughs> but, you know, overall, the, yeah, overall, I mean, you know, for what you can get in rent in that area and to be able to create a two-bedroom, thousand-square-foot unit, which is really what oh, I insane. could do by, as of right, um, you know, it's... That's worth like four hundred grand or something. I mean, the numbers, you know, more like six fifty, something like that. Just that alone, if you could sell that on its own. Yeah. So you know, the values that I'm seeing are more in that you know six six fifty range for that type of square footage kind of thing. Um, So So, so even if it costs you two hundred grand to do, I think it would be more. I think you two fifty three hundred at least. I think more like probably. 354 is my guess. What exactly are you planning on doing there, Um, I'm just going based off of, you know, Toronto's a lot more expensive, as you know. Wow, maybe Um, you should take a sabbatical and go, uh, (laughs) (laughs) it might just be worth it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So the, and and then when you're doing it, you're sort of thinking, okay, well, why not? What you see often in the neighborhood is people, you know, bump out the back of the house, maybe add a story as well. Um, So you're thinking, well, right in that area too, because of its proximity to, Young Street and the um, the subway line, as well as the LRT along Eglinton, which is being put in, the the province is really allowing. It's becoming much more development friendly. So you wouldn't need to pay development charges on that. Either. Correct. That's the interesting part, right? Um, so we'll get to that. So the Toronto property, no development charges to do it as of right. Um, they say that you don't pay development charges, but you have to. You can't. Um, uh, sever it. So I, I couldn't sever it and, and sell it. The moment I severed it, then I would have to pay development charges. But what so, are the odds that you'd ever really be able exactly, to do that anyway? Exactly. So so there's that piece. Um, and the other one, yeah, this Hamilton property we'll get into. That was the other neat thing about uh, that project is no development charges as well. Yeah. So those are the things I'm paying attention to, right? Which is well, it helps a lot because I mean, development charge on a detached unit in Toronto is probably going to be like 30, 40 grand, some, somewhere in there. 80 80 
Oh yeah. my goodness. It's yeah. like they, they don't want you to develop they don't, properties. They don't want you to. So <laughs> it's, it's a, yeah, it's, so they, they've made it really attractive to, uh, you know, to do that. Although I was speaking to Sahil, Sahil? Sahil, yeah. Sahil, yeah. And he was, he was sort of saying that the process to actually do it takes a lot longer than, than you would expect, even though it's as right. And if you meet yeah. all the, you know, requirements. So it's bureaucratic. It is, it is. So. Um, you know, I think that's just, that's the part of the process everywhere you go, but no, it seems like the numbers make sense. The numbers absolutely make sense. That will be a project. Um, again, I don't know when, uh, uh, you know, not, not looking to take on that project anytime in the near future, but let's just dissect here what you intend to do. So you said, how big, how big do you intend to make it? 1,000 square feet. 1,000 square feet in total. So you're a 500 square foot garage. You're going to add a second story. Right thousand square foot yeah that is hefty that's that's yeah. nice yeah yeah okay so so it makes sense that that's going to cost cost a bit more so you're figuring 300 bucks a square foot pretty much to build it which isn't unheard of i mean you should yeah. be able to deck it out but if you if you hired you know people off kijiji you could probably yeah, get yeah, it cheaper yeah, exactly that yeah that's <laughs> so that's so you know the the company um lanescape i don't know if you've heard of them in toronto but they they were huge advocates for this they really yeah. pushed this uh with the city and and really got this going um so i've followed them you know since 2016 and and these are the numbers that they're kind of throwing around that they've seen so they've done yeah. a number of projects at this point they're um a group of architects so you know that's that's full you know that's hiring them that's you know the time and they figure it's about a nine month is what their timelines uh have shown for a project of that Make Makes sure sense, but you, you know, you'd have to dig in all your services from your house, right? We, or would you exactly be digging right. right back to the front front road? Like how? No, just to the back. So so you'll go, you'll just feed off of the the main house. Correct. Interestingly, with my laneway, there is um, so there's there, there's water already to the garage uh, from the house, um, and there is sewer in the back, like in the lane, which are really wide. So you wide. can connect to the, to the sewer out back. This is what I don't know. This, I haven't gone that far, but I mean, that would save me, you know, some cash there, obviously not having to dig an enormous trench, you know, the landscaping's already well, done yeah. in the backyard, all that stuff. But it's a possibility. I know that the city is getting a little bit, over time, they're getting a little bit more flexible with things. They're really restrictive. You know, they came out with the, um, you know, the bylaws and, you know, here's, here's what it will look like. And they were really strict to that i think they're relaxing on things over time as people go to them and people have to go to committee of adjustments and and you know they realize maybe it was a little bit too restrictive yeah, so it's a little silly like they just they make it so rigid again we have this problem in ontario housing crisis but mm-hmm. the municipalities make it so hard to create units exactly and you can't develop on the green belt and there's all these restrictions they create their own problem Exactly. And then Trudeau pours gasoline on the fire by immigrating 1.2 million people into exactly. our country over the next three years. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, some things just don't make sense. It, yeah. Yeah. Just own real estate, though. You know, yeah. like that. Yeah, just own real that's estate. That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, basically, what I take from that, just tangent, is I, I, I just see this crisis getting worse. Mm-hmm. I, I see that the, the seller's market we've been witnessing is going to become even more exasperated. Um, feels like that would love to, to be wrong because i'd like to be able to buy uh, real estate in a non-insane market right like right. watching values skyrocket there's so many consequences right rents can't keep up you know it takes time so deals don't make as much sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's uh, a little frustrating but hey there's always opportunity you just got to kind of readjust your approach and that's just it you know yeah. i think the every year 
I've been doing, I've been, you know, in real estate, it's always been too expensive. You know, it's always, yeah. it's just about to crash literally every year. Um, See, know, I never thought that. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's, that's what I've been hearing, right? Or it's just, it's overpriced, it's overpriced, and it's perpetually overpriced. And, you know, it, but there's always opportunities too. I mean, the, the rent, you would think there's a ceiling. I mean, you know, you're seeing that a little bit in certain pockets now in Toronto, obviously. You know, the condo markets and that sort of thing where maybe the, you know, the prices, the rents are starting to come down a little bit. But in other places, you know, I, I'm, I've been surprised by the rents in places like Hamilton, for instance, right, that have jumped so much in such a short period of time. Um, I didn't necessarily think that they would go to where they are that quickly. Uh, I don't know if you feel the same way or if you're seeing that, but the numbers, you know, but it's jumped a lot. Like I've seen, I've seen them in in London jump too. Like I, I never thought like the one property I had since 2012, I rented it out at I think it was just over 1,200, which was a lot at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, just over 1,300, which was excessive. Um, and then when it turned over, I was getting almost 1,900. And it's just like, oh, there's an extra 500 bucks for nothing. <laughs> and how many years did that take? That took, you know what? It probably, the first four years, it was like six-year difference. Mm. But it was like the last two years where right. all of it was. Right. It was just like, as of right. 2017, London just boomed mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. never looked back mm-hmm. and it kind of became less appealing to me at that time too right i was buying the student rentals and it was like right game over man he used to yeah, be able to yeah, get yeah. them for 200 this now they're 350 yeah yeah <laughs> I'm like i'm not playing that game yeah it's but yeah it just you know i don't know where they're they're at today but um i'm always blown away hamilton mountain like where it is you know you hear people talk about buying yeah. them at 250 in 2012 same two 250 and now they're like yeah sick you know and if we'd just been had the foresight to just buy them and do nothing to them and yeah, just sit and wait just sit there yeah just, <laughs> just sit, sit and wait so uh it's been interesting it's been interesting you know it, it even if you overpaid it didn't you know it still made sense two years later right um based on the rents and depending on the strategy but point being that you can adjust so you know so i going back to you know the two places in hamilton um those are the two that was the largest project that I'd taken on uh, to that point, uh, two side by sides, you know, single families, and they were in, they weren't in the greatest shape, right? So there was a tremendous amount of uh, you know renovation to be done there, and so it was two and a half story. So I did, so I you know created legal duplexes, um, and each unit is a two level, um, just over a thousand square feet. So it's feet like a vertical unit. split then. It's not. Um, so you've got or there's main some level overlap. basement. Okay, main level basement and then Second main level up. attic, yeah. So it's a partial vertical split and then... Yeah. So that sounds like a real mess for fire separation. Not really, no. It was okay? I mean, it was okay, yeah. It was okay. Um, there wasn't that many challenges there. I actually separated the, the HVAC. Um, I like that. Put in separate yeah. uh, furnaces, like, you know, completely separated everything, um, which, which was quite nice. Um, you know, costly, obviously, but it was... The state that it was in, it was it was needed and made that call. And um, it's nice for, you know, the tenants. So, you know, they've got their own, they can control their own. Own heat, heat. yeah. Yeah, so that's. Yeah, I was actually just talking to Kellen about this, who was just on. And uh, he he says he likes to spend money on things that will remove headaches from his life. Mm. And I was just telling him a story about how my one house, I didn't, I didn't add a second water service from the road. Okay. And the tenants are on a 60-40 split front to back because the big house is in the front and the small house is in the back. And it's attached, but it's a semi-detached. Okay. Anyways, so they've agreed to it, but 
the one guy waters all the time. The other, you know, they both had pools in the summer and in these bills are like astronomical. And they're both like, well, I don't want to pay that. Like, yeah. cause he's using too much water. I'm paying. They're and I'm watching like, what the other person's doing. Yeah. Doing. They're all just like looking at what the other person, I'm like, but wait, you had a pool too. Yeah. But there's no way we use that much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know what? In fairness, I get it. Like you're always going to be wondering. Um, and you know, it would cost me like 10, 10, $15,000 to bring in an extra service. So, right. What I've concluded to do for now is just buy two private meters so we really can identify who's using more. <laughs> right, right. And uh, you know what? I don't like that solution, though. I mean, I want two separate municipal meters. I don't want to be paying the water and then putting my hand out and saying, okay, guys, give me the money back. Right, right. Do you have that split scenario on any of your duplexes? I don't. So you just I do don't. inclusive? So, n- no. So I do, I pay for the water. Um, and so gas hydro split yeah and then i just cover the water okay see the water you know I mean? like this water bill has actually climbed to be like over the summer it was averaging like 350 dollars a month for just water what yeah i know i know so, so i mean like the yeah so those two duplexes are the highest it's ever been is 80 dollars like Eighty. They're, they're usually yeah. in the fifty to sixty dollar per month range. So this guy's like watering his lawn, the whole house, right? So yeah, like <laughs> yeah. that's. <laughs> what did I, don't I get know myself what the heck into? Three fifty. Filling a pool, watering the lawn, watering his garden, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they're intentionally trying to do it because they see the other guy doing it. I don't so even like, know. Well, now I'm going to start watering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... I'll show him. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm hoping the accountability of knowing that we are tracking one unit against the other right. will will cause them to be a little more more responsible. Right. Yeah, I've never got, I thought about that actually when I was, when I was going through the process. Um, didn't explore it a ton, but I thought about it. I ultimately decided not to. Um, and I mean, in For Hamilton. For private meters, you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, not splitting the city. I mean, the, I did the gas, you know, separate the gas, obviously, and into yeah. each uh, furnace, but, um, and hydro, obviously, but not, not water. And, um, yeah, but the, the, the challenge that I know, I know people doing this and I don't know how it works in practice, but I would see you would get into this issue all the time. Like people who have an air conditioner mm-hmm. and a furnace on one person's power, right? Technically the, the furnace is gas, but it still uses electricity to run right. the fan. So right. who's paying for that? Right. And then right. is that a fight? Um, right. You know, and then what about air conditioning? I've heard some people say, well, one tenant pays for, for the, uh, the AC that's on one meter and then the furnace right. is on the other. I'm like, well... In theory, that works, but yeah. I could just see it getting into this, this issue. Exactly, right? And I think the, I didn't want to get into that. That was part of the reason for separating at least yeah. the gas and the hydro, so they pay for that. The water, I was okay with. I, I mean, if it was 350 a month, maybe I'd have a different view on it. Well, I think you just need to put in the lease, like, you will not a have max. a pool. You yeah, will. yeah, exactly, or a maximum. The, you know, the other, the project that I just did, I decided not to split the... HVAC, so it's you know single so furnace, furnace yeah. single AC, um, but that is on the um, um, you know there's four meters, right? So one is my meter, effectively. So you just pay that on exactly. Yours. So then I just kind of build it into the rent. And yeah, then, which is smart, right? It's better. Yeah. It's better to eat it. The only reason I don't want to is just because this cash flow crunch and the way the banks look at it, trying to meet that right. DCR the bank needs. Right, right. I need my rent to look nice and high. I don't want to show expenses on on the yeah, uh, utilities. Yeah, yeah. So, makes sense. So that I'm just kind of planning long term. I don't want that headache. So got to figure that one out a little bit better. Yeah, the water is. I know some guys on you know in the new build scenarios are doing it. They're, they're running two separate lines in from the road, or they take one big line and they tee it off 
So I guess here's how it was explained to me is that you need to have a, a shutoff, like a curb stop shutoff okay. outside the building for each water meter. You need to be able to shut them off individually. Got it. So that's why they wouldn't let me just have two water meters inside the house on one right. service. Right. And mine's only three quarter inch. I think they want one inch if you're going to do that. So there's a couple of things they told me and I've heard these things before and yeah, it's super annoying, but, uh, you know, live and learn. Yeah. I, I think separate fully separate is the way I want it. I mean, on the student rentals, I pay for all utilities, so it doesn't matter. But on the family stuff, like, look at this, this is like a, cl- a clown show. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> 350 you know, in exactly, month. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's a lot. I, I, yeah, that's an excessive amount. Yeah. They have um, a big yard, right? This isn't a usual property. Like both tenants have a backyard. Okay. And so two private that's backyards. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's a 60 foot wide lot and it's basically split down the middle for yard. So right. the one unit is in the backyard. So oh, their wow. backyard is shorter. Got it. But the other one, he's planted a giant garden. He has his pool and trampoline. Like it's got enough room to do Perfect. a lot of stuff. Yeah. Which is why I like the property. It's right. just this dilemma. This so, was in, in London, you said? It's in London, yeah. Okay. So I'm kind of I'm weighing. Yeah, in London, the bylaw, they'll let you build outside the house for okay. an additional unit. Not a laneway. I'm attached. Like a carriage house? It, it's attached. It's attached, okay. Yeah, but just by like a little five-foot wall. Got it. So they, they'll let you do that. And, and I think it's incredibly valuable. I'm so glad that, to have it. And I don't want to sell it. It's just that's, that's one little thing. I'm just trying to... I, I've got to get my system because really my systems are geared towards students. Right. So serving families, I'm I'm still learning all the Optimizing tricks. Optimizing the family, I'm still constantly learning, right? Yeah, yeah, Leveraging yeah. the network. We're all we're all learning. I think the you know, I was going down the same path where you know I had a chance to separate things, and I thought for the headaches, why not, right? Yeah. And you know the way the house was, it was it was not in good shape. So I had a I had a real opportunity to kind of you know blank slate, kind of build it out, um, which was great. So yeah, that was. That took about five months, to, five months. You're talking about the two duplexes? Exactly, to yeah. do the two duplexes. That's, that's quick progress. That's yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and again, those are that's the efficiencies of doing two side At the by same side. time, right? You just say, right? hey, guys, just pop right in. Absolutely. Plus same the contractor's crew. like, yeah, like, hey, look, this guy giving us all this business. Yeah, no, 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 it was great. So, um, yeah, I've used the same same guy for the last three projects there in Hamilton, and uh, it was great work. Um, the last one, which is which is actually even closer to downtown, in the downtown zones um it's on west avenue this is your triplex one correct yeah, yeah. single family to triplex that was the latest one just finished that one nice and uh got it all rented up as of september so this we're, year. we're gonna have to hear about some numbers on this one so this one was yeah this one was an interesting so how big is the house first off just to give us some context like it's about 2200 square feet okay it was quite large for a downtown property to to work with um again two and a half story which i quite like um and had four levels of usable space so the the way that it was laid out when when i purchased it they were only using the main floor and the second floor uh it was a three bedroom um and the attic space was completely unused they actually had kind of the hatch closed and they had insulation in the floor and oh the so basement. you had to redo the attic you had, you had to like insulate the, the rafters yeah. All of it. Yeah. yeah. So it was a pretty big project. So I, I you know, we bought it for it was my first joint venture as well. Um, first JV. Um, up to that point, I've, you know, kind of done everything myself. Not really. Wasn't, and you keep all the return if you do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, wasn't as interested in it, but um, did, you know, joint venture, uh, had a joint venture partner on this one. And we bought the house for 500,000 okay. August last year. 
And um, what kind of rentals did you put in to, to get it to where it is? Yeah, so it was about two, two ten, two twenty, including your carrying costs. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So all in. All in. Okay, so rent out. So to purchase and improve, you are into let's see. So seven twenty. Yep. Okay. And then did you get it appraised yet? I did. Yeah. So we went through the appraisal. Uh, Eight thirty. It was appraised at. Yeah, you're in for quite a bit. That's a lot to be in for. But if you're in a good location, then yeah, that that kind of helps. So, yeah. Uh, so you're getting eighty percent of that. Correct. Let's see here. So the eighty percent is going to work out to be twenty-eight. You're getting six sixty four. So mm-hmm. your net investment is seven hundred and twenty thousand minus the six sixty four. So you're in for fifty six thousand. I'm guessing your JV partner's in for exactly fifty six. Okay. So what's this thing renting for? So it's renting for forty eight hundred for the whole thing. Yep. Oh, that's a nice rent. Yep. Okay. So forty eight hundred property taxes are two two seventy a month. Two eighty a month. Yeah. Yeah. Two eighty times twelve. Have they been reassessed after your rental? No. So that's probably so that's, coming. <laughs> yeah. So that that'll happen. We'll budget four thousand for now. I yeah. don't know where you're going to end up. You might even be more than that. I yeah. hope not for your sake. Yeah. But it's happened to me every time. So I'm just going right. to be. Gonna be What's the timeline here. on that? I, it depends. They'll backdate it. So so I finished one. I finished the Renault in 2018, and I just got the backdated all of 2019 and all of 2020. They charged me property taxes in retro, retroactive. Other ones, I've I've jumped from twenty five hundred a month a year in taxes to forty five hundred, and then they backdate it and, and retroactively charge they me for it. They send you so a bill. They just send you a bill. Yeah. So I, I, it doesn't make logical sense to me that I put all this effort and money into something, and then I will also pay the city. For right, right. It. That's another rabbit they hole. Want, yeah, yeah. They want their take. There's they want um, their take. So 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 on that one, you don't you're not paying any management, right? That's correct. Uh, an insurance will say what fifteen hundred. 1600 uh it's a little higher i think closer to two okay that makes sense yeah. if it's a big place that yeah. makes sense maintenance i'll just leave five percent in there uh utilities what will you be paying do you figure so hey guys i just want to take a quick break from the podcast and give a shout out to a couple of local businesses that i frequently use this is not a paid promotion these are just two businesses that i've recently used that are being affected by this lockdown and i think they're fantastic and i want to see small businesses survive and thrive despite all the obstacles that are being put in their way right now First, I want to give a shout out to New York, New York Men's Grooming Salon here in Burlington, Ontario. Uh, I always go to Sergio every single month. I would travel and commute to, to go see this guy. I've been to so many other people before Sergio, and he's the one person that uh, I know will always do a good job. That's my experience. Can't say you'd have the exact same experience, but I certainly would expect so. I love that place. I love the culture there. The, they have a great atmosphere, even to just pop in and have an espresso or have a beer. Really, really unique experience. And of course, they are still open open for business despite the restrictions right now. The other one I want to give a shout out to is Dr. Mike White at the Momentum Health Clinic in Hamilton. Uh, Dr. Mike's a chiropractor. I hurt my back so badly last week that I couldn't even turn. And I went to Dr. Mike uh, three days straight. And now I feel 100% better, which is pretty crazy. I've had so many of these silly, ridiculous injuries over the years working out, mostly from back exercises, but also from other things. Anytime I've had a problem, I go to Dr. Mike and somehow he finds a way to make it better. With that being said, I know it's a touchy thing with the medical service. So please always check with your medical health provider before engaging in any form of treatment. 
I cannot guarantee the results that you would get with Dr. Mike, but I certainly think he's worth considering when you're picking your next chiropractor. So those are two I just wanted to support, guys. These are not paid promotions. I just wanted to uh, do my part to help our local businesses thrive. Please do your part in your community to help your local businesses. They really are a big part of our culture. Let's get back to the episode. So the hydro piece is on... Um, my meters, so exactly. Oh, oh, so hydro is so the so there's four the meters. Furnace. My meter, exactly yeah. right, which would be the furnace, um, AC, and then some extra lights and things like that. So it'll so, probably cost you what a hundred a month. Exactly, that's yeah. my guess, hundred a month, and then you've got gas. Let's call it one twenty five per month. So one twenty five for gas, and then water. Water again. I'm you know the numbers that I've I'm used to. You know we're in the eighty to a hundred dollar range. So let's call it a hundred. <laughs> I'll hope for you. Uh, all right, so th- so that works out to be three twenty five a month, and I think yeah, if you don't have a yard, people aren't doing things in the yard that use water. That's good. Um, so thirty nine hundred a year for that. Just just the tangent. I know I've told this before, but one month on my one of my student rentals, I had a hundred and thirty some odd cubic meters of water used. It was like a four hundred dollar water bill. <laughs> out of nowhere and the students are like well we don't know i'm pretty sure toilet like, toilet was leaking or they I were... worked the math on it and i had a plumber over he's like even if your toilet was running the whole month that would never have happened right right it it, they it was enough water to fill an in-ground pool <laughs> <laughs> does the neighbor have an in-ground pool i was looking i'm like who's got a pool and then yeah. one of these neighbors just yeah. like hooked up and yeah. like filled it up exactly hey, put it on this you're guy. always wondering um yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm praying that's not the case. No, and, like these uh, are one offs. At the end of the day, I was mad, but I just paid it and moved on. Right. Yeah. So yeah, thirty nine hundred. You said so thirty nine hundred for the year, and then so do you pay lawn cutting, snow removal, garbage removal? So actually, so the so a good friend of mine actually is living in the the lower unit. Um, I gave him a bit of a re- reduced rent to to do all that for me. Okay, so, so you don't have any fees. Correct. Oh, that's nice. That is really nice. Okay, so miscellaneous, I'll just leave you know 500 bucks in there for just just in case so at your appraised value $830,000 an 80% mortgage 30 year amortization I'm guessing Mm -hmm. and you would have an interest rate of what'd you get 2.6 yeah okay the blended rate so okay yeah I was wondering so you're over a thousand in cash flow on that bad boy wow that's all right yeah yeah in Hamilton that's especially but you went from one to three units correct Correct. One to three units. Um, that's yeah. This is about what I was expecting. You know, I, I think the the costs were were higher, and I can get into that a little bit. I don't know how, how much time we got here, but sure. Yeah. Um, like, no. Go ahead and and, and yeah, yeah. So the elaborate. So, yeah. So when we, when we you know got into it, you know, it's a two and a half story. The the attic and the basement was usable space, or at least I thought. Yeah. Uh, until I got into the the basement, the basement actually had a walk up already it was there um it was in terrible shape so i had to kind of redo it redo the steps fix some of the the foundation piece like for the the staircase but the bigger issue was actually when we started digging down to put in a new pad uh for the basement the ceiling height would have been fine new pad would have been you know six foot nine uh, six foot yeah about six foot nine six ten that would have been no problem but we started digging and realized that the it, the foundation sat where the ground was presently so we actually had to do uh, an underpin yeah we actually did a bench pour um, bench pour okay yeah we did a bench pour so that added probably 25k is my is my so, guess. so you dug down correct you ended up digging down correct 
Uh, how so far did you go down? Uh, we went down. We ended up with about seven foot four. Now that's nice height. height so that's the that's the additional benefit, right? So I don't. I don't but remember you lose exactly. space on the outside because the benches are wide. It is, but it wasn't. It wasn't super wide. So they were. So the way that they allowed us to do it, you know, the engineer got pretty creative, and okay. the city liked it. We didn't lose a lot of space. There's about a four inch, uh, you know, bench around the. Just a four inch? Yeah. Oh, that's not bad at all. So it was, you know, we didn't have to come, like the angling and everything else was actually quite, we went back and forth. It took a long time. Yeah, it was challenging because of the time. You know, this was right when COVID was was starting too. So we were trying to go back and forth with the city. It it took a long time to get that all sorted out because we were ready to go. Bought the house in August, rented it out to some McMaster grad students for four months. You know, as I was going to Committee of Adjustments, we had to do the parking piece, the the lower unit uh, size, so getting variances for those, no problem. Got it. We were ready to go in January. As soon as we started digging, we ran into this, oh, this yeah. problem, right? And but your contractor was able to handle it for you. Yeah, we were able to figure it out, but it did take a bit of time. Um, so I actually was going back and forth. It was, um, you know, Dan Ott? Dan Ott, no. White Willow Design. Uh, anyways, he, he helped me out with, with the design So he was your design and, guy? Yeah, getting Did you want to give your, your contractor a shout out? Who was that? Um, his name's Patrick. He's he's um, he's actually just basically a flipper. Uh, he okay. does flipping full time, so it's not even. This isn't even his like. He just did it. For he it. just did it for me. Yeah. yeah. So he's done. We've now done three projects. You did a, a decent price on that for what you for what right. you did. It sounds like you did a decent. Yeah, price. and I think yeah, if we went through everything that was done, I mean, even soft cost, the design, you know, uh, committee of adjustments, forty five hundred dollars for parkland dedication fee right going to going to a triplex so that that one caught me off guard too because duplex yeah duplex was about 900 last time i did it so but because it was a triplex it was 4500 4500 yeah uh but i did save on the development charges so i was able to go from a single family to a triplex no development charges yeah and you did really well. Like, I mean, to break down these numbers, so your return, if we figure 3% appreciation, that's 24,900 a year, right. 24, a year. Uh, your pay down on your mortgage is to be about 16000 And then you're getting an annual cash flow of 12500 right. So you're, you're getting $53,000 in total return, and your total investment is about 56000 Right. Right. Call it sixty, but you're yeah. in the ninety-three, ninety-five percent return on investment mm-hmm, rate. Mm-hmm. So that's one happy investor you got there. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's great. You know, the, the challenge is that that uh, I'm only in for half of it. But uh, I know that's the frustrating. <laughs> I just want all of it. Yeah, it's you know you, you sort of you do a project like that, and it, it wasn't squeaky clean. Obviously, the basement piece there was some extra costs and. Was hoping the cash flow was a little more rich in the end, but the valuations came in right about what I figured. Yeah. Um, well, it sounds like you're going to go up. The rent was right about what I figured and everything like that. So that was all good. But yeah, you end up with 50% of it in the end. And, uh, but, you know, so going back to originally what you're saying, right? Expensive market, no opportunities. Well, this one, this was the last project that I just did and it was um, quite a good project. Well, so. you had an angle. I mean, you're being at least somewhat creative. You, it, you obviously did your research ahead of time to know mm-hmm. this was possible. Like you right. studied the zone. So, I mean, just working backward for investors that are listening to this, thinking, how can I get creative? Right. Do you have any tips for them about how they can get creative to recognize this type of opportunity where yeah. they might be? Yeah. I mean, it was actually just, um, you know, starting in 2016, looking into the laneway development aspect, reaching out to people, speaking to them, you know, like Charles, for instance, right? Yeah, Charles started, is a good guy to know. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, just, and and he's he's open and honest and and tells you like it is and and it's just a matter of 
from there, you know, reaching out to planners, the city's actually quite helpful. I had a lot of conversations, emails back and forth with city of Hamilton planners. Um, and then it, all of the information I found was just on their website, right? So yeah. it's just a matter of digging, asking questions, knowing what you're looking for. And that took time too, right? But like, I like to talk to them. Like, I want to talk to the people from the city because also sometimes, like I found, there's an interpretation there. Like one version, I'll right. say it one way and another, I'll say it another. Yeah. And, it, you know, that was for sure. I think that, so I, I started, most of my conversations were around the laneway piece. Um, and then I just kind of stumbled on to this, the zoning aspect. And, you know, I, you know, the downtown zones, I should say, right? So yeah. um, I knew the city of Hamilton was looking to, add more density to the downtown core. And to me, I always look at, you know, even the laneway piece or this, looking to get ahead of, okay, what does the city want me to do? That's smart. <laughs> yeah. I mean? And I've heard that wisdom from people who are pretty successful. Yeah. It's like, focus on what the city wants, because otherwise it's like uphill battle. Like, do you want to, do you want to like paddle downstream or do you want to paddle upstream? Exactly. Like, right. And that, that was, those were the keys there. I think it was sort of, the city was encouraging yeah. intensification in the downtown core. They were, and I, you know, just through reading and speaking to people, um, knew that the downtown and looking at the zoning. So I had, I did the, the two duplexes mm -hmm. in Hamilton, they were C zoning, um, which obviously, you know, you maxed out, um, at a duplex and then you have the D again, about the same. And then the E zoning, which is really what I started looking into and was focused on that led me to the downtown zones which and is d5 right d5 if now if the, where i'm at is d5 but it's yeah. d1 to d5 there's also okay. c1 to c5 and does d5 commercial. allow for more than three it um does that's a good question i don't know yes but you know you're probably paying the development charges at that point right so single family to yeah. um to triplex no development charges that seems to be kind of the sweet spot can you go to four? That's a good question. I don't actually know. Mm -hmm. I do know that D5... Space is going to restrict you anyway. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. And, oh, yeah. And that was the other thing. So you can't really... You you have to do it in the same envelope, basically, of the building, right? Like, yeah, you, that's you the Hamilton thing. You're not allowed a, to expand your building. Yeah. But here's, here's one way I've heard of getting around it is first you open a permit to expand the building and okay. then you do the permit Ooh, to convert units. Interesting. So I've heard, you know, I talked to multiple guys in Hamilton about doing that for duplex conversions because I like to build them in the backyard. Got I like it. to build additions. Got it. Because I think that rear yard space is more valuable than basement space in terms of a tenant's eyes. It's not, it's not the end of the world, but it is a nice thing if you had the opportunity. Sure. And uh, they told me that's how you can get around it in Hamilton. Interesting. Or you just go to a city that doesn't require you to jump through the hoop. But right, right. I mean, if, if that's home and that's where you like to invest, then you find a way. Exactly. Yeah, I never, never thought about that aspect. Um, you see a lot of that in Toronto, right? Like people bumping out a lot um, and yeah. actually digging down, including the basement. They'll, you know. I want to do one of those projects. That is a I, massive project. You see that everywhere. Right? I want to drive. I want to knock out a foundation wall and drive a bobcat into my basement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> just That's just lower it. I think that would be so much fun. Like I had one that I was going to buy a student rental near, near Western and the basement. Um, it was in a, such a good area, but it was just a crawl space basement. Mm. And I, I had, I had it all sorted out. I had talked to uh, my contractor. So I'm like, okay, we're going to do it. And I had actually already bought a house from this seller, but then it got snapped up before I could get right, it done. Right. I was all ready to go. I yeah, had already yeah. consulted everyone. I'm like, okay, firm yeah, offer time. Ready. I get the call back. Yeah, you don't get it. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. Sorry. Yeah, so you see that a lot, right? In, in Toronto, I imagine, you know, those, those are happening in Hamilton. You'll see it as frequently. 
but certainly adding adding extra square footage i mean that you know you, you add value there right so um yeah so you know the zoning piece the other interesting part is that the you know in d5 you can go up to i believe it's six stories Six starts. Okay, so there's if you have a good size parcel, then there's a there's a lot you can do. Exactly. Well, and obviously you can go so more than more term. than three units. Right. There's probably some sort of restriction on just based on units per hectare or some some sort of density re- restriction uh, where they no longer give you a, a number of units. It's just a percentage of your lot area. Right. Or a, right. A, yeah. So that's uh, that's super interesting. Yeah. So, so you've that, you've taken a more analytical approach to to yes intensifying use of land. Right. Knowing the rules. Which I've I consider a lot of my success early on early on with really knowing the rules well in the areas that I was working, and and make friends with the people in the city. Yes, it's harder now though, like with with the whole lockdown thing and the you know the paranoia around C nineteen. Like now, what can you done? Yeah, yeah. Can you still get them Externally. on the phone? Have you have you tried that lately? Well, I haven't. I haven't lately. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the projects. You know once I started going on the projects i really kind of outsourced that piece uh ultimately um but in terms of you know getting information no i haven't recently um always paying attention to the site you know their 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 website and yeah so you, you know, just find the information on. online exactly okay. right you know they just put out a report in september so not yeah. long ago that they're again looking at ways to increase density even further in the downtown core and whether that's allowing um you know whatever you want to call it, accessory dwelling units, carriage houses, whatever you want to, yeah, you know, it's gonna allowing, come. It's gonna come. you know, yeah. so expanding, because I think they realize yeah. the laneway piece is, is a great idea, but they may be, <laughs> I'm not sure there's been a lot of uptake there because of the restrictions. So relaxing that, relaxing the parking, relaxing the number of yeah. units in certain areas, right? I mean, these are all strategies. So I think the, you know, I think they're becoming more um, open to those sorts of things. And they're exploring that. And, and just that was just, you know, September um, this year. They just put out a big report on that. Yeah, I've heard that. So, so a friend of mine has a, a fourplex and he has a laneway house. Okay. So he's looking at... In Hamilton. Yeah. Sorry, nice. actually, no, sorry. The main, the main house is, is currently a triplex, massive. Got it. But it's also got a laneway um, garage. Really nice, like good. And it was actually used at one time as a unit illegally. Got it. So he's looking, he was about to, you know, do it you know, without telling anybody. And then he called the city and, and found out that this might become legal soon. So, yeah. So yeah. he's, uh, he's exactly considering right. that option. Yeah. So, you know, the city, the city seems to be, and again, it's just going back to the, what does the city want me to do? Uh, mentality, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Select your product based on what the city's keen on. Right. That's, that's a huge lesson. Like I, I was younger when I was younger, it was all, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do it. And you learn real quick that the city just tells you no, and then you, bound, you yeah, know, bang your head on the square, wall. Yeah, yeah. back square one. So I've got, you know, started with the student rentals. I've come now to, um, yeah. you know, to, to the triplex avenue. And that's really, I think, where, you know, for me, continuing on that, maybe taking it to the next level. Um, Getting to bigger buildings? Yeah, yeah. So well, I like the direction you're on. Are you going to start buying these in companies, or have you already started that? I have. So yeah. they're already in corps. Right. And so your your position then to grow. Um, Correct. You once you get past five doors, which you are, you can start using commercial mortgages. You can obviously go to credit unions and get right. that kind of style of commercial mortgage. Right. Right. So yeah. So yeah, so the you know, and exploring the J V side of things as well. Um, you know, this project, the success of this, you know, J V partners is uh, you know, 
why don't we join the next one sort of thing maybe, actually, maybe the next one could be a 20 unit building there you go there you go yeah so it's you know those are i do like hamilton obviously i think a lot of people uh, yeah. still quite like hamilton the fundamentals and and downtown i mean that's really where where i'm yeah. looking at i think traditionally less people are looking downtown which which may maybe gives me opportunity a bit of an advantage who knows but i, I think burlington is an opportunity because no one really thinks of burlington and to invest because it's so it's more expensive than hamilton right. like you're right next to, to hamilton so you don't really look at burlington because it's more expensive yeah yeah but you also can get way more rent in, in burlington so yeah. i feel That's, like burlington's an untapped opportunity really, eh? yeah. so i mean and you're thinking like a duplex or a triplex are they apt to you can convert units yeah yeah i've I've spent some time looking at the bylaws not recently when it first came around when it when it started you know when it opened up in london and hamilton i started looking into it in burlington thinking well maybe there's opportunity here and i think there is it's just you have to be a little bit more of a pioneer right yeah yeah you need you need a fair amount of capital as well uh obviously if you're buying you know the burlington starting Point, price point. which i the burn the burn concerns me but then i know like if i think that way other people do too mm-hmm. which makes it even more of an opportunity mm-hmm. so yeah so it's kind of that like, perspective right it's, sometimes you got to step back from yourself for a moment and think well if i'm thinking this way maybe yeah. other people do too yeah yeah maybe not maybe, guaranteed maybe so yeah you never know i mean the that's been that's sort of the focus for me right now and um you know with the the zoning changes and and maybe even trying to amass some of the the properties next door to the one that I have right now. So speaking to the neighbors and going that's that a, that's route. That's a great plan. Right? And, and, and efficiency wise, yeah. makes a ton so of that's, sense. That's yeah. kind of, you know, where I'm at um, exploring, you know, JV options and, and the uh, multifamily, you know, larger building uh, strategies. So sounds good. Um, yeah. Cool, man. Never well, a dull moment. Where do our, uh, where do our listeners and viewers uh, reach you if they want to? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, not, not a huge social guy. I don't think we have each other on social. Yeah, exactly. So email is probably the best. Dan.Piro, P-E-R-O at gmail.com. Okay. Awesome. Well, uh, I really appreciate the time and I think that's uh, that's about all we got in this room before I got to get out of here. But, uh, yeah, thanks so much for doing this, Dan. And as always, I'm going to definitely want to keep up on what you're doing here. Appreciate it. Thanks, Andrew. Talk to you soon. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks. I'll see you on the next one. (laughs) 